With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. Richard Hobbs here, um, joining you via, I guess, audio and via video as well. Uh, great to have you all along with us. Um, Wolves Fancast, as always, are proud to be part of the 90 Min Football Family Network. Uh, joining me today, I am joined by Gully and Adam, and Adam in particular seems to be enjoying the sunshine today. I'm waving for the visual viewers who will be looking at this. And hello as well to the audio viewers. <laughs> We've got to remain professional throughout now just because we're on camera. Yeah, pretty much. I'll so we'll be no all for these podcasts, if I'm being brutally honest, guys. Yeah, there'll be no eye rolling, <laughs> no finger gestures. We are doing it above board today, guys. So, uh, as, as I say, trying really hard not to roll my eyes. So, um, sometimes, guys we plan a podcast and we get the timing wrong sometimes we get it just right so today as of about two and a half hours ago there's been moving and changing between the sticks so yesterday we'll start with Rui Patricio so um, our stalwart goalkeeper of the last three years um, after a would you call it a summer transfer saga Oh, well, yeah. It's been on for a while, hasn't it? Yeah. Fabrizio Romano's fed up with tweeting about it anyway. Yeah. It's going to happen, guys. It's going to happen. But it has finally happened. He has moved to Roma. He is Jose Mourinho's first signing um, over in Italy. I think it's been a really interesting reaction in a way because in my notes, I sort of put the best goalie since. And I think on paper... I can't think of a better goalie I've seen in my lifetime. Better goalie um, since Graham Stack. Yeah, or uh, I was going to say Jan Buds, Stefan Postman. I going to say, I thought we would make it more than, you know, two minutes 20 into the uh, show, but Graham Stack gets it. Andy, Andy that was the end of your sentence. <laughs> Best <laughs> Andy I tell you what, I know we, we're getting sidetracked already. We could do a Good podcast on Wolves lone short term goalies who have really not hit the mark. Let's not get on to Emmy Martinez then because oh, uh, we've had it for a few weeks, hasn't he? I was going to say, Stu will be sort of bombarding his way into the uh, into this if we're not careful if we start talking about <laughs> Emmy. So, um, Adam, for you, where does Patricio sit either in terms of Wolves players, uh, Wolves goalkeepers in the you know past generation or so, but also as players at the club in general, because it sort of really hit me that when he signed, it was actually quite a big deal. He was Portuguese, num- Portugal's number one goalkeeper, one of their most capped players, um, very much a stalwart in Portugal. So for him to come towards it was quite a big deal. So kind of, I guess by the fact, virtue of that fact, 
does it have the same impact? Oh, God, I mean, like, it was a massive, massive deal when we signed him. And you have to put it all into a degree of context in that we were newly promoted into the Premier League at the time. And we were getting not just any national teams number one. We weren't getting, like, I don't know, Estonia's number one or something like that. We were getting... I knew you were going to say Estonia. I don't know why. I just <laughs> <laughs> it was either that or Burkina Faso. That's, that's the two on, the top of my, <laughs> on, on my tongue. But it's Portugal's number one. <clears throat> so it's like an elite level country. And he was coming to a newly promoted team. And I think that summer that we signed, I think we're all glued to the Messiah that, that is Nicholas Alec on Twitter, giving us all the information about him signing for us. And to be fair, he was, he's been bang on the money ever since minute one. Um, but when it, I remember when he was signed, I was like, have we really just like signed Rui Patricio? I know there were circumstances around him leaving Sporting, which obviously are very well known, but... I can't, I can't believe that we've actually got him. It's, it, was, it was ridiculous when we signed him. I was I was elated. And I think over the three years he's been with us, he's, he's proven that he's probably one of, one of, if not the best keeper that we've that we've had. I mean, obviously, you, you can compare him to numerous others down, down the years, but it's a different bar at different times, I guess, really. Um, it's a big statement for us to make at, at the time. Um first time he's ever left Portugal and he's come to Wolverhampton. Um, and I think he's just been great since since minute one. He's been down here. Um, I mean, I, I know people tend to pick out little foibles of his of his abilities, like his kicking and, and what have you. But I mean, no, no, goal, no goalkeeper's perfect. I mean, not even goalkeepers that play for Man City and Liverpool are perfect. You know, Edison and Allison have got their own you know, jot, jot their own ricks every now and then. And I'm sure people could point out Ruiz, but overall, overall, he's an elite level keeper and we've we've had him for the last three years, which I think is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, I mean, to be honest, I think in, in the circumstances of him leaving, I think he's probably been well, you said he's been well documented since the start, since, again, our friend the Messiah, Nicholas Alec, put it out there that he was looking to move well not he wasn't even looking to move on was he it was basically a point where folks and looked at it and said that you know we can make a bit of money here by selling them on and getting someone else in and i think i don't even think he really wanted to leave patricio if i'm honest i think that again judging off from what's been suggested that he would have happily stayed but um we've took the opportunity to make a bit of money and the money we've got for him for a, a keeper of his age and last year the contract is it's a really good deal for us, but um, to go back to the original point, I think it's probably the best keeper we've got. It's not, not often that we sign a goalkeeper who's got a statue in his hometown, is it? <laughs> no, no, exactly. Um, I mean, I mean Gully, I, I guess it's, a, I'm going to sort of tangent off a bit in terms of Wolves in general, because Wolves, have, I guess a couple of times now, have sold, last season it was Doherty and Jota, and this year it's been Patricio and who else knows. But they seem to sort of be fairly clinical. If they think there is a player who they can sell and get a decent return on, no matter, I guess, how integral they are to the team. And I think Patricio was, and he was very much a mainstay. And I don't think he had the great... Actually, I was going to say, I think he had a solid season last season, but some of the 
cracks in his game showed. But the club do seem to be pretty on it if they go, you know what, we think this is going to be the peak that we can make a return on him. That They seem to be very kind of happy to do so. Yeah, I mean, if, if we think back to the time that he joined, initially it was a free transfer, wasn't it? Um, based on the fact that he'd uh, been released from his contract. So, I mean, if you look at it from that perspective, obviously we didn't. We then ended up um, you know, paying a fee for him. But, you know, at that point, excitement levels were on the scale of, um, you know, flares wearing arseholes, I suppose, is the new benchmark, isn't it? <laughs> um, but like you say... Um, it's a cutthroat business at Wolves at the moment with uh, with Fosun at the helm. They clearly saw that Patricio was never going to be more valuable than at, at this point in his um, in in his Wolves tenure. One year left on his contract, probably. You know, he's, he's a good age for a goalkeeper, really, but you know, he's not, not necessarily going to get any better. Um, and you wonder if that was playing on their mind slightly, especially considering that I would suggest anyway that. His stock kind of fell slightly this year, much like the teams did. Um, everybody seems to have a bit of a down season, really. And while he was, I th- I, the, the way I would describe him, he's, he's a very sound goalkeeper, you know, unlikely to make a real big error. Um, you know, little things you could point out um, on, on certain goals, which, um, which, which have been disappointing probably over the last 12 months. But really... You know, as reliable as you, you'll get anywhere. Um, but I also think on the same token, because he's not, you know, necessarily the most spectacular or outstanding with things like the ball at his feet or, you know, he's not going to make absolute world he saves every single game. There's a potential for, for him to be replaced at the, at the end of the day. I don't think he was ever absolutely, you know, indispensable at any point in his Wolves career, um, if I'm being honest. And, you know, your goalkeeper, with the way that we played, was a well-protected footballer, um, especially considering that Nuno liked to have a back three and, and keep teams at arm's length. You know, a lot of his work was done from distance and, you know, very good hands from, from, from shots from distance and things. But really, how much pressure was he under over the last three years? I wouldn't suggest that much. And um, he didn't necessarily allow us to play in a more progressive manner because he liked being stuck to his line. Look, that's the way he played. It worked for us up until a point. But I think there's still an opportunity now to actually move forward as a team. No, definitely. I think um, you, you've touched on nicely to my next point as well, Gully, in terms of his style of play, that he was a big fan of his own six-yard box. Um, and, and anywhere else, it was, you know, like the Hobbits trying to leave um, the Shire. Um and I kind of get the the idea that if he, you know, if we, if we kind of play more expansive next season, we would just go with a back four. You know, he had that sweeper in Cody who just give that extra level of protection, so he didn't have to be a quote unquote sweeper goalkeeper. And with Sar, who we will come on to in a little bit, seems to be a bit more aggressive in terms of you know, you using his whole penalty box. And I wonder how much that sort of played into it, that Patricio fitted the system really well. And I think I had him down probably first half of the season as one of our players of the year last season, Patricio. But I guess the more we played for the back, the 
again, he wasn't someone who made big howlers. He wasn't someone you kind of, I can immediately go, you know, he, he massively fumbled it. The only ones I can really think of was the Newcastle free kick. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's not like he has sort of a catalogue of, uh, he's, not chuck, he's not going to chuck one in the net, is he? He's just no. no. Yeah. Um, you know, even compared to you know good goalkeepers we've had in the past, so I can remember Matt Murray making a, a few mistakes, ironically with a ball at his feet, which we always used to, you know, chastise Patricio for. Hennessy do similar ones. Even Akimi did that one against Norwich, where he caught the ball and ran into the back of his own net, um, if I remember correctly. So I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see if. I guess Bruno Large has, I guess, had a bit of influence on it as well. And if Patricio can't adapt his game at, you know, um, what is he, 31, 32? Um, 33, even. Um, You know, he's probably not going to suit that. Whereas, let's be honest, he's probably got a very good move by going to A, a Jose Mourinho team, and B, a Jose (laughs) Mourinho team in Italy. I think Where? it's. Uh, I yeah. think it's. I think it's like been mentioned on many reports that Mourinho has always wanted Patricio, and that um, he. I think I read somewhere. It might have been on the Athletic. I can't remember where, but he he, he promised him that he'd always come and get him. Basically, Mourinho. Okay. So it was always in the pipeline that he, at some point he would go and get him, and it, it's all nicely. All the cards have fallen nicely because obviously Olympiacos have signed a new keeper. I think yesterday. We've got a new keeper today. Patricio went two days ago. So it was all nicely planned out um, over the last couple Sounds of days. Sounds like there's someone pulling the strings behind the scenes there. It almost <laughs> bears those hallmarks, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really, as, as a general point, I, I really rated him. I I thought he was great. Um I thought he's took took to not to the club but also like the city quite well. You know, he's come from like a major European city to to our town slash city, and um, yeah, the, the, his style of play. I, 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 like like you said, Rich, I, I never really, I never come away once from a game, maybe apart from that Newcastle one, where where I thought you know. Rui's Rui's cost us today, or Rui should have really, really, really dropped the ball with that one. I never really come away from that. And like Gully said, he's, he's been solid, solid keeper. He, he's by and large very, very dependable. And as as someone who plays for number one for Portugal, you know, you probably could, should come to expect that. Really, um, his kicking was probably something that was a bit suspect. I know, I think Doherty. Or some, or probably Dendonka was regularly the recipient of his goal kicks, wasn't it? Or if if they didn't, just go straight out of play anyway <laughs> from his mm. from his goal kicks and clearances. But like I say, you know, no, no goalkeeper's perfect, and you can't, you know, you can aspire to perfection. That doesn't mean you're going to get it from every any player or or goalkeeper that you have. Like I say, you talk elite level clubs who have their goalkeepers; they're not perfect. But Rio Patricio, at the end of the day, was was pretty bloody good. Yeah, and I think the fact he was very almost understated, the fact, and it, I, I always kind of put it down to, you know, he doesn't make, he didn't make loads of worldly saves or anything like that, but he comfortably made a lot of saves, and that's usually just down to very good positioning. And it was good, and as Goody sort of noted before, he's having a good defence in front of him who 
you know, restricted Rochelle's coming into better areas for him to save. But um, yeah, I guess one of the last points I was going to sort of shift to you, Gilly, we talked about um, Jose Mourinho. Would you describe Jose Mourinho signing a Portuguese goalkeeper as his first signing, a very standard Mourinho signing to build, like to really kind of enforce his authority? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I'm, I wasn't, I'm not sure who their goalkeeper was last year, Roma, but um, he's. It feels like a move that kind of suits all parties. Um, mm. He's going to be playing in Europe next season as well. Um, clearly, Roma are chasing some level of uh, success in in Italy. Juve haven't been decided that they were into Milan or having to sell players. Maybe there's an opportunity to to even win a title there. Um, you know because. Serie A has become a little bit more of a three or four horse race um, over the last 12 months. But I think, you know, and as I'm sure we'll move on and, and, and talk about, Wolves aren't necessarily left in the lurch here. You know, it's not like we've been, you know, totally wiped out and, and, and gazumped by Mr. Mendes. He's, he's, he's taken care of us to a certain extent um, and, and seems to do so on the, for the most part. And um, yeah, we're we're already you know looking forward to to our new number one taking taking place in goal. Yeah, so that that I guess swiftly moves us on to going from postman Pat to um, Feynman Saar. Um, I, I know I did that joke on Twitter. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Sorry, guys. Um, so Wolves pretty much invest. I was going to say invested the money straight away. It, this is something that's obviously been very cleverly worked from about four different clubs to pull off. But Wolves have sort of made a profit in terms of getting um, Jose Sarin from Olympiacos and still having some left in the kitty from the sale of Rui Patricio. Um, on first glances, from what I've seen of Jose Sar, pretty much from a couple of times he played against Wolves and in the Champions League. I will confess um, to our lovely listeners, I don't watch much Greek football. Um, so I won't give you a sort of full in-depth. What authority do you have to speak on the subject, Rich, honestly? I'm, I'm, my massive ego. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that and whatever stats I've found on Football Manager and I will just blag it, hopefully. Um, but from what I've seen of him, would you sort of describe him as a bit of a polar opposite to Patricio in terms of his uh, overall style? The fact, despite the fact that they're the same nationality, they kind of look a bit similar if Jose Sar, you know, uh, neatens his beard up. But they seem to sort of be almost the antithesis of two different types of goalkeepers. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I'll be I'll be perfectly honest. I, I the only time I recall seeing Jose Sar play was the first leg against Olympiacos because uh, I always remember the the second leg they um they played like their reserve goalkeeper mm. and th- there was an interesting stat about him like being you know not getting into like I don't know Wraith Rovers his first team or something like that at one point <laughs> in his career and then he went and made a rick and and you know, him and scored a penalty off the back of it and so I always remember that but Sar I really don't know what to expect, but if if the the words in the the article ring true, I think it's it's an ideal way to set us up for a little bit more of a progressive team. Um, the word on the street um, or on the on on social media is that he is going to command his box a little bit better. Um, he might look to be a bit more proactive in possession, um, and you know. 
personally speaking, I've always thought that Matt Murray was the best goal, goalkeeper I've seen at Wolves. Probably because I've, I've been duped by the spectacular nature of the way he played. You know, he couldn't collect crosses on the edge of his own box. Like it was, it was frankly ridiculous at that. But that's one thing I think that if I was a Wolves manager, I'd find a bit of a non-negotiable. You know, if the ball's in the air, it coming in towards the box, and your keeper can make a claim for it, he should be. And that was one thing that always kind of stuck with me in Rui. That you know, it, it didn't help out his defence at all. I think Sars got the the height to do that I think he's like six foot four or something like that so you'd expect him to be claiming those crosses wouldn't you really you expect he's, he's got the physique so, yeah. and the stature yeah to come and do that and keepers are always really well protected aren't they I find so you know there's yeah. almost no excuse sometimes exactly and I, I'm exactly with Gully I'm not I, can't, I physically can't profess to say too much about him because you know who who among us here are Greek football experts? And I, I know that just he's not going to have been tested too many times in his career at Olympiakos because they're by and large you know, the runaway leaders of of Greece in most years. You know, I think they've they're like the Rangers or Celtic of their own division. They've got about nearly fifty titles to their name. But I think you, you occasionally see on the Champions League games, and he does appear that he's, he's quick off his line. Um, from what I've seen, but yeah, by by and larger than that, you have to. All, all we can say at the minute is that it's a good deal financially for the club to sign him. That we've sold a uh, a player in the last year of the contract for just over ten million, and we've bought in someone who's five years his junior for what six point eight seven seven million yeah. something like that. So it does lend to Foson's ability to spot. Okay, where and this is obviously all with FFP in mind. They've already said they need to raise money to to buy players, so they've spotted okay, Patricio as a player where we can move him, move him on, get some money. We've got in Saar, who I guess you know we're talking about Patricio, who won, who has got currently ninety seven caps for Portugal versus Jose Saar, who I don't even think has played for the Portugal senior team yet. I know he's come through the the under. 18s, 20s ranks and everything like that, but I, I don't think he's actually even played for Portugal yet. No, he hasn't. Uh, um, I, I think he's currently like third or fourth choice. And I know he didn't make the, in fact, he must be fourth choice because he didn't make the Euro squad, did he? So um, I know some people have, have looked and thought maybe is this, is this a downgrade? I'm looking purely from the outside in off what I've just said. You, know, you could potentially say that maybe it is, but. You never, you just don't know these things. You, you don't know his his style could be more suited to the way that we play, more suited to the Premier League. Um, I'm just happy that we've got something sorted so quickly. You know that we've got yeah. another player in, and I know he's not played at the highest level in the league, but he's, he plays at the Champions League and he has played the Champions League more often than Rui has recently. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to see to see see him play to get into to see him in the team to be honest and see see how he gets on um i don't know how good his english is i don't know how well he can communicate with cody but that never stopped really did it no no exactly <laughs> gilly where do you sort of sit on the i guess upgrade slash downgrade because i know um like Stuart Fancast, he's he he's championed sar since i think well even before wolves played Olympiakos, you know, he he sort of really championed him. And I get the I do get the argument that well hang on, he's not getting anywhere near the national team. 
and Patricio, it, you know, he is the number one. And I know it's sort of extenuating circumstances around it. So, yeah, do you think it's an upgrade, downgrade, or does it not really matter? I wouldn't say a goalkeeper's not an important position because pitchforks will be out. But if it is a downgrade, do you think it's that significant if it really is? I, <laughs> I don't mind saying it. I, I don't know how necessarily, you know, important someone like Bruno Lage might see the, the goalkeeping position being because ultimately there's a whole lot of shit that happens in a football match that the goalkeeper just cannot impact and that includes shots going into the back of the net which yeah, obviously is their job but you know sometimes you just got to hold your hands up as a goalkeeper and say you know what I won't get anywhere near that um, the, the, the real impact that he can have on the team I think will have to be in possession, allowing the team to play higher up the pitch. That doesn't necessarily mean he has to be a world-class goalkeeper either. I think he just has to be mm. um, instinctive, um, you know, well-tuned with the system, those kind of things, you know, able to communicate with his teammates. If he doesn't make worldly saves, I don't think necessarily that, you know, we're all going to be up in arms about it because ultimately Patricio didn't make worldly saves every single game. So, you know, if he's going to add something different to um, what Rui did, the one thing Rui was pretty um, reliable on was his handling. So maybe Saad is, is a bit deficient in that area. Who knows? But all signs point towards, I think, you know, this not necessarily being um, a a problem for the club, I think. That's, what, that's the way I'd describe it. The other thing I did want to say, though, was that John Woody was convinced to sign a new contract. And I do wonder if there is more of a sniff of him getting into the number one shirt, um, getting into that position. And maybe that's a, a stick that they dangled in front of him in order to make sure he signed. Um, now, that won't sound good to many Wolves fans, I know, because ultimately, you know, people aren't that keen on really playing, you know, when he does get the opportunity. But I do think playing in goal, you know, not being a goalkeeper or anything, I can imagine if you haven't had a run of games and you're you're asked to just drop into a, a, a one-off match in a cup competition or something, rustiness affects you more in that position than it would in probably any other, I would suggest. No, I, I, I do agree with you. Matt. It might even be a case of, um, I guess, him to play as, let's say, like Den Donker. Um, when he first joined, he didn't sort of play the first half of the year where... You know, he got to learn the system and things like that. Um, appreciate that was under a different manager. Um, but it might might have something similar that Ruddy is our, you know, Ruddy to start the first five games of the season while Saar gets up to speed. Absolutely no idea. But I think it's going to be um, really interesting to sort of see how, how it all takes. I think, as we sort of said, on the whole, yes, it's, yes, it's different. Yes, it's on paper potentially... You know, but the balance in terms of silverware, caps, accolades is probably a bit weighted towards Patricio. But, you know, I think it's, you know, sort of you alluded to, Gully, it's, you know, not necessarily saying goalkeeping isn't the most important position on the pitch, but it's what aspect of goalkeeping you're prioritizing. So Patricio focused his game instead on shot stopping, on handling, on those almost the fundamental basics of goalkeeping, whereas um, Bruno 
and to to an extent Jose Sarr, it might be quick distribution, starting attacks, getting that ball back up away from goal as quickly as possible. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see, and it, it, it all points to, um, I guess, the difference in um, style that we might be facing, which we will be talking about just after this quick break, because we're going to be talking about pre-season friendlies and also the new kit drop that's uh, happened again today. Far too much news to happen in one day, if you ask me, but that's why we're here to cover it. So we'll be right back just after a short break. Welcome back, everybody. So, um... I, I can't remember if it's in the last week or so, but um, Wolves preseason fixtures have been released. Um, I think COVID depending, people might be able to attend, but you can watch them all um, online via the discounted rate um, if you are so inclined. But uh, to give you a quick rundown, because actually our first game, I was going to say as of time of recording, um, is against Crew Alexander this Saturday on the 17th, then we have got our Spanish training camp where we're playing Real Betis and Las Palmas before returning to Sunny Stoke, Coventry City, and finishing off our pre-season um, session, season, pre-season season, uh, pre-season schedule we'll go for against Celta Vigo at Molyneux on the 7th of August. Um, I mean, how much, you know, you, you put into pre-season results, I, I don't think you can do really it's going to be cool to see um how they play initially under bruno um but i think the one i really want to talk about is one that's about to happen which is against crew um and what i think is going to be the um potential return of jimenez uh in a wolf shirt um i mean uh, there's almost not much i can say apart from i think it's going to be one of the best feelings to see him out on a football pitch again Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it's a shame none of us really can be there to, to see it, to be honest. Because um, I, I think it's only open to crew season ticket holders, isn't it? But Yeah. Um, crew, crew's a great place to go as well, as, as a side point. Just for, it's just, a good, so, good solid away day, would you say? Good, good, solid, good solid away day, that is. I, think, I remember going there, I think when we was in League One, pubs every mm. third or fourth establishment was a pub. And um, yeah, straight off, straight off the, the railway station. But nice little place for for Bruno to get to get the preseason up and running. Um, I guess he's a bit. I bet, I bet Raúl can't wait. To be honest, I bet he, he this will be probably one of the biggest games of his life. And that's I know it can sound a bit of a cliche and a bit crass to say that, but when you spent as long at the game as he, as he has due to his injury, I bet you he he, he cannot wait to get on that pitch on Saturday to, to start playing football again. Um, and I bet all the squads are, are, are buzzing for him as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to, to seeing him. I mean, it's, it's pre-season, so at, at this point, you know, you don't take too much stock in the results. You're more looking at the, the style of play. Let me just caveat that, though. What we're, what we're not looking for is a Morecambe 6, Wolves 1 that, that we had many many years ago, <laughs> Dave Jones' time. We're not, we're not looking for something that bad. but. <laughs> when, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was Dave Jones, wasn't it, before Premier League um, 2003. But, I mean, obviously at this point, you're looking at 
get I don't, we, he hasn't got his full squad back. Obviously, no. all the internationals that went reached the latter stages have have not come back yet. Um, so I think I think anyone I think Romain Saez has come back either today or yesterday. So he's back in the fold now. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> it's just time this summer where really. Obviously, we've had we've had our fill of football with the Euros, but then we're going straight into a, a pre-season campaign where, again, the Wolves fans are just, or fans in general, just chomping at the bit to go out and watch some football, even if it is like meaningless, friendless, friendly somewhere. But this would be one which I think the fans would have loved to have gone to purely because of Raúl, mm. uh, seeing him, seeing him with the, the shirt on, the new shirt, and um, yeah, I'm just. I'll be, I'll be delighted to see to, when I'm seeing the updates of it on Saturday that I see a R Jimenez pop up on the score sheet. Salad, that would be that would be lovely if it happened. Yeah, uh, I mean, Gully, uh, you can imagine uh, as um, Adam said, if he does get some minutes, he'll be, you know, more than happy wherever he's, you know, whatever stadium he's playing in. But he'll love. Sco- he's such a striker who loves scoring goals. It doesn't matter if he's doing it in Cheshire or, um, or or wherever does it. No, not at all, not at all. I, I I have to say, recently over the last couple of weeks, it's really hit me that you know I'm genuinely, you know, I, I've missed him so much. Like just just not having him in the team. Um, you know, and that excitement to see him back in a wall shirt leading the line is, is is very much there right now. And how much of a difference he's going to make to that lineup, regardless of what shape we're playing and stuff. You know, it, it's it's frankly going to be night and day between um, some of the striking performances we saw towards the end of last season. And I, I can say that confidently. I feel knowing that he's he's suffered a serious injury and um, maybe impacted. Um, by that, and and in terms of his bravery, in terms of you know the situations that he puts himself into um, when he's uh, when he's in, in in the game, but you know just just a, a breath of fresh air because he was he was just such a such a good player to watch, and you could just tell he he just loved his football like entirely, and this was the first time you know he he'd come to a club in, in a few years and actually had a chance of being the main man somewhere, and I think he he appreciated that for sure. Um, I think. Ultimately, the, the the pre-season you know schedule is there to embed a new system, and you know for the first time in four years, this is what's going to be happening. Um, so that's that's very exciting, I have to say. And you know the lineup on you know in the pre-season friendly versus crew is going to be one of the most anticipated you know lineups uh, that we've had in a long time, which is quite strange to say. But you know, imagine, we, imagine if it's five three two. Oh God, could you? Could you? <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. I mean, you know, we we all remember, you know, every podcast we went on last towards the end of last season, you know, expecting nothing but the lineup from before, nothing but the shape from from before, and you know, trying to discuss, you know, what what talking points there were to have from it, and it just became incredibly stale, and and you know, just being able to have that kind of feeling and, and anticipation for the game is another reason why I just feel like it was probably time for Nuno to move on and to bring in a new face. And I'm excited to see what Bruno has up his sleeve because, you know, if it is progressive attacking football with the talent that we've got at our disposal, with the signings that we brought in, you know, Trincao, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Wolves fan again, I think. And uh, hopefully we can relight that fire. 
Yeah, I think the um, the photo that was doing around sort of Jimenez, Neto, Trincao, and Podence all sort of posing together. You're like that that that's a good lineup. And, you know, I to think- reminded of that though. I think I did. I do think yeah. the fans needed reminding of the talent that we actually have at the club. And, and try away knocking about. I think what one of the other things I was going to say about pre-season, Fabio Silva looks like he's been hitting the gym this summer, hasn't he? Big big fan of that. It's what it's one of, it's one of those things where you like. It was what was needed. Everyone knew it. He knew it. And it's really kind of refreshing to see because Neto had a similar thing, if you ask me, that when he first came, he looked weak. And you could see during the season, he was physically getting stronger. And you're seeing that as well with uh, with, with Fabio. Yeah, he's following the, uh, the footballer's guide 101, isn't he? He's gone away. He's got, the, he's got his sleeve tattoo. He's yes. got the, the hit in the gym. Just needs the third, that third one there for Luke's bingo card. He needs to get that that trim done, and he's he's on for double figures this season. Um, if you was a barber in Wolverhampton right now, you'd be hammering his Instagram, like when yeah, just, <laughs> yeah, just getting his DM, yeah, <laughs> offering whatever he wants, whatever he wants. I'm surprised Luke isn't DMing him himself, saying, "Fabio, you, you need to get a trim. Trust me, get, get yourself a trim, lad. Go on." Um, uh, yeah, I mean, depending on how we play which obviously is completely up in the air at the minute. But imagine if we're playing two up front. Yeah, I think it depends on how that partnership works. I think we, we, could, we should expect more goals from him what this year. What partnership was that and Rafa Mir? <sighs> no, there's an option. <laughs> there's two <laughs> options for us. Both both still our players as well. Um, but yeah, if... Uh, I think we should expect more goals from him, to be honest. He's had his, his year experience in the league. He's had more experience than what him and anyone else bargained for. Um, we can see, we've got glimpses of, we can see that why he scored so many goals at, at, at youth level. Um, so I'm expecting big things from him. He's not, I mean, it, it obviously, all as I said, it all depends on on the style of play that we, we choose to do. If we are looking at playing more attacking, I'd expect him to, to therefore get more chances. And we can see him which a good finisher he is. So I, I would probably expect him to be nearing that, that double-figure mark. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying he'll get it, but I, I think he'll be, near, he'll be nearing that or getting towards that just as a natural improvement in his game. Yeah, I, I, I'm optimistic he's going to sort of push on again to another level. Um, and I mean, we we saw him showing off his lovely new uh, sleeve tattoo in the new Wolves home kit um, that, again, was launched today. Um, you can get it in two styles now, uh, which is which is very fancy. So you can get the, the replica version and the pro version, uh, which is twice as expensive. Um, so, fellas, my big question I'm going to ask you is what do we think? Um, are we fans of it? Are we not quite sure? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I quite like it, you know, um, hopefully I've sort of pulled it up on screen now, um, for any of those who are, it, kind of it was up briefly. Yeah. I'll, uh, I will try and get it to work if I can do, uh, there, there we go. go. There we go. Is that, so, is that, is that the, is that the pro version or the peasant version? You know, I don't quite know, to be honest. I, I feel really bad when I say this. Oh, I it's the peasant one. It's the peasant Adam, you know, you know some rich peasants, I'll be honest. If, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I, I, I like it. And I think 
what you can always say with kits is it always looks better in person. And I think sometimes the, t- the, the, the color isn't necessarily bang on. Um, Don't the colors rich. That is not a debate for this podcast. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when the the kit came out last year and everyone's got like seven different shades of colour to it, and it was a massive, it was a daily debate over what colour the kit actually was until you got it. <laughs> We're part of the same again with this one, to be honest. Yeah, but I mean, surely this is a wider point for any Wolves kit kit fanatics historians however you want to describe them but the colors changed a decent amount over time oh yeah like it's not it's not just since adidas you know started doing the kits like you know the, the old gold so to speak has had early in the time i've watched wolves has changed quite a bit um you know it doesn't necessarily stay to one color i think that's the interesting thing for me about having the i guess the kit color that walls have it's not like man united where it just seems to be the same red yeah. i'm now I've, i'm so glad this is a wolves podcast because i can feel like if we did like a snapshot saying that we'll just get bombarded for saying no it isn't there's, oh, yeah. there's 1000 sh- different shades of red <laughs> well like i said at the start i think we, we well, just before we started recording, I think we are missing our resident kit aficionado in, in Stu, who would clear all of this up. But Stu, feel free to send a little video in for the for the socials um, to, to have the bottom line on all of it. I think my take on the kit is that I'm grateful that I will now be able to identify my team on the pitch um, just because I know what kit they're going to be wearing now. Um, and uh, that is the most important thing, frankly. Although, no, it is quite nice. It is quite yeah. nice. Yeah, some people do. Some people do get dramatically hung up over the kit, don't they? Yeah. Oh, this, this, the shoulders should have this on them instead, or they should be this stripe down the sides on the waist. And you're like, is it yeah, is it our team colours? Yeah, okay, fine. There you go. Has it got tie marks over it like in the nineties? No. Okay, we're fine. You know. <laughs> is that the two questions that this is? That's it. Yeah. There's no well, freaking tie marks. Uh, it is not. It is nice. I do like it. Um, I think we expect it to be decent once we know Castor were involved because we all quite like the Rangers kit, didn't we? So mm. we we're, we're expecting good things. Um, the pro- I don't see any other people who've had Castor have had this pro version and standard version. So I don't know did if we've got you, some like exclusive deal with Castor. Did Newcastle get it? I can't quite remember. Again, I'm going off what you told me a while back and I'll level with you. I'd- I tuned out. Um, <laughs> well, well, even, well, even even if, if yeah, that can, can happen. Even if um, they do have both, like Rangers and Newcastle have pro and whatever. I'm not. I'm not sure about the whole concept of it. To be honest, because no. I mean, I've looked on the shorts and the socks, and there's pro versions of them as well, and there's literally zero difference for what I can can see. I'd love to know. Uh, Are the pro version socks... I mean, to be fair, actually, I do like... uh, The the one that I made about the kit is I I, I know some people have complained and think it's a bit childish. I do really like the wolf head on the socks. I don't know why. I do think think that's kind of cool. But do you think the difference between, like, uh, the, the, the replica kit and the pro kit is for the socks you they're much easier to cut up so you know you can 
you know, do what all the cool kids do and, uh, oh, you know, man, do don't, don't get Gully started. You know, there's no way Gully's going to cut up like 40 pound socks <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to, to, to play yeah. football in. <laughs> Not a chance. I mean, me off now, Rich, man. I've lost my head. <laughs> <laughs> where, where does that, where does that rank, Gully? Sorry, um, sorry, Ad, where does that rank for you in terms of things well, against modern football? In terms of recency bias, I think it's at the top. You know, it's the one thing that having played with this ne- next generation of, of footballers, just watching them on this, uh, you know, there's normally the question that co- the, the questions that go around at the start of a game, stuff like, you know, has anybody got any tape? Might be baby oil if that's the way you're, you're, you're inclined, something like that. The latest question is, anybody got any scissors? And I'm just like, what the hell could you possibly need scissors for? And um, yeah. I'd always just ask the question, if you play shit, are you going to blame it on the fact that you couldn't chop your socks up at the start of the frigging game? What? Sorry, I was going to say, I, I, I made for joke, but I actually don't understand the meaning behind it. Like, what? what why do people cut their socks? Is it for circulation? Apparently, so- it, there's, um, you can get proper, um, more uh, ergonomically designed socks that fit in your boot, perhaps something like some okay. shorter ones. That people would rather wear than you know socks that absolutely cover your um, your toe to to, to knee. Socks. I mean, surely there, there's a definite yes. market. Surely there's just a definite a market for more ergonomically designed socks. Whatever. I mean, that. spending forty fifty quid on them, you'd hope that they were. I mean, to be fair, my my big dragon's den pitch. Which I don't know why I'm saying this, you know, on a recorded broadcast where literally... I'm Adam, gonna, sat, I've, I've got my cash piled up here. <laughs> so, what, what it is, guys, I feel like I'm building up suspense here, is football socks with the shin pads built in. So, you don't, so you get the protection potentially all the way around, um, but could be almost potentially molded to your calf and shin. But it's not a separate shin pad or get stinky. It, it's the sock itself. That's my big idea for Dragon's Den. I'm just kind of anticipating trouble putting it on. Yeah, there, there could be that. Mm. Maybe a zip. I'm thinking. Well, you've you've lost Adam. I think Adam's. I think Adam's dropped out of his sheer annoyance at my uh, at my madcap idea, uh, which you know I'll, I'll make it work. Maybe just a front shin pad, then maybe not like protecting the car. I'm thinking more maybe a sleeve on the inside of the sock that you can slide and in. Slip shin pad in, yeah, that could work. Because I'm just thinking of like Jack Jack Grealish and um, Calvert Lewin who have you know the the three inch shinners. Yeah. Um, I just sort of think, you know, maybe, maybe just the front one could work. Maybe. Um, and all you had to say was that you was out. You didn't have to just leave us all together. But isn't that what they're doing, Jag and Stan? They just storm out. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't like it. <laughs> well, I won't be sending some of my business proposal for it, but um, <laughs> I was going to say, it, listeners, if you have any ideas for football inventions that could save it, then please do let me know um i was gonna say i think that roughly wraps up uh today's recording um big thank you for everyone who's listened um make sure you keep up to date with all things wolves fancast um at wolves fancast on your twitter facebook instagram 
all the same social to make things nice and easy. Make sure you check out the website because we're having uh, lots of fantastic blogs. The latest one from Dan Butler is particularly good in terms of alternatives to Renato Sanchez, um, who Wolves were linked to but probably won't buy. So actually, who could we sign in midfield who'd give us the same impact? Really good in-depth read. If you've not already done so, make sure you're subscribing on YouTube. If you're watching it on YouTube already, literally it's just down there can't get my angles right but uh yeah make sure you like share and subscribe as always and for this week it's goodbye from adam bye folks later it's goodbye from gully yeah guys and it's goodbye from me see you next time when you're drinking a frozen beverage from mcdonald's your brain may not like how refreshingly cold it is but the rest of your body, oh yes, it's gonna relish every moment of it. Because there are drinks, then there are drinks from McDonald's. Get all the chill you need for just $1.69. From any size frozen drink, like a frozen Fanta Blue Raspberry, to a new ice cold lemonade. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. How should you plan for when your home becomes too small? Or when the next one gets too big? At Sandy Spring Bank, we're here to help create personalized solutions for financing your home loan. Whether it's a new home or refinance, renovation or addition, fixer-upper or new build. Banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your mortgage. Visit sandyspringbank.com mortgage. Mortgage, home equity, and other credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank. Equal housing lender.